welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I'm so happy that you're here and happy holidays if I haven't mentioned it already. I love Thanksgiving all the way through Christmas, through Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. It's just such a magical time of the year. I feel like finally like the rest of the world wakes up to the magic that I feel all the time. (laughs) I think you guys know that about me by now. And I am super excited. Speaking of magic, my next guest... He's magical. Ajit Nawaka, co-founder of Mind Valley, founder of Mind Valley Teach, former CEO of Mind Valley. He's also just the founder of many, many companies, including Evercoach, which is a partner to Mind Valley. And he's written books with including his brand new book that's out tomorrow called Live Big. And that was one of the main reasons I wanted him on this show is because Live Big is like this really cool concept that is going to change lives. And basically there's 25 mindset shifts to help optimize our lives on every level and really coming from a place of service and love because that's Ajit's motto. And listen, he's lived the big, extraordinary, opulent life with all the money and the cars and the watches and all of that, right? And he's really come back to what makes him happy, what makes him really, truly define fulfillment and joy. And he's been able to figure that out at such a young age. And now he's giving that back to so many, which is incredible, you guys, because this is a man who's helped to elevate some of the most influential speakers, writers, authors, coaches on the planet from his stage at Mind Valley and then all the coaching programs. And some of them have been on this show, but this is basically like the superstar of superstars in, in terms of facilitating and spotting talent and real true impact to be able to help us and so many of us around the world. So the fact that he's now stepping out in even a bigger way to distill all that information into a book to help us get after it in a way that's such a practical, purposeful, impactful way is is a real gift. So I highly encourage you to pick up the book first and foremost. It's a great holiday gift. It's perfect timing. And we do have the link at the end of this episode. And of course, in the show notes on my site, michelle-sorrow.com, but you can pick it all up if you can't wait at livebig.com. You can buy the book right now. And there's a really cool bonus program that you get for picking up the book right now which is just an irresistible offer and so awesome. You're going to love this conversation. You're going to love him. There's so many mindset takeaways, and I'm just going to let us get started. So uh, please enjoy my talk with Ajit Nawaka. So Ajit Nawaka, welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I am excited to be here. (laughs) I am so excited. So for those at home or wherever you are listening right now, first of all, thank you for tuning in. This is going to be special. 
I did not expect it, but I get to see Ajit. He's like right here on my video screen. You guys can't see it, but it's so fun to see you in person. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here as well, Michelle. It's, it's super, it's a fortune to speak with somebody so special like you. Oh, you're so kind. Well, let me just give you a brief intro for those who may not be fully aware of the magnitude of what they're about to dive into. I'm going to read a, a bio if you don't mind, and then we're going to dive into some really great talk. So, Ajit Nawalka is a serial entrepreneur, global educator, and consultant. He's the co-founder of Mind Valley Teach. Ever Coach and Global Grit Institute, author of the book of coaching and his brand new book that comes out December 11th. That's tomorrow. Live Big. Born in Jaipur, Rajasthan, living in a home with 23 other people. He's always pursued the dream of living big. Over the past decade, he has helped build training and coaching companies to inspire the coming generation, transform entrepreneurs to live on purpose while enjoying their lives and increasing Profits. He enjoys exploring the world, learning different cultures, writing, and spending time with his wife, Nita, and they're about to have a brand new baby, and he currently lives in Los Angeles, California. So you are a neighbor, my friend. Welcome again to the podcast. I am very excited to be here. What's it like to hear that kind of a bio rattled off when it's your life? What do you think of that kind of person? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's very fortunate, of course, to be able to live the beautiful life that I get to live. It's very exciting at the same point of time. And it is somewhat unbelievable in a way. You look at your life and you go, wow, this, this is me and this is how fortunate we are and this is how we get to live and this is what we get to do every day. It's very humbling. It's very exciting, humbling, and also very full of gratitude and gratefulness for it. Well, and you have a wonderful motto that you live by that's on virtually every platform or social handle, and it's your motto is to serve and love. And I feel like ever since you were a little boy living in a household of 23 people, you know, to finding your way from an intern, right, where you started at Mind Valley mm -hmm. to going all the way to co-founder of Mind Valley Teach to now the founder of Evercoach and author of all these amazing books, the proud husband of your wife, the impact that you're making. I mean, that is, you live it out loud. You are really, truly living big, which is an exciting time to get to talk to you. I'm very excited. And, and honestly, it hasn't come in easy. It's, I mean, like, like you mentioned, I grew up in a family of 23 other people living in the same house. So I grew up not with a lot of abundance. I was fortunate. I am fortunate to have wonderful parents. Like my, my parents are just absolutely fabulous. My dad, mm -hmm. especially is somebody who's so hard centered himself that he taught me early on to be kind and to be humble and to be grateful for things that are happening in life, irrespective of where you are and how you're living, mm. which I think set me up really, really well. And my mom is a great peril that I always make is think about a Jewish mom or if you know Indian moms, then think about an Indian mom. And that's mm. how my mother is. So always high expectations, always comparison. So she taught me some things in a, in, a, in a way, not in a more positive way, but in a negative way where I was like, okay, I would never want to live like that. I would never want to be compared with anybody. I would never want to have an expectation of myself that puts me down, but it should lift me up. She's an amazing soul and I know she still struggles and she knows that she struggles with the norm of the Indian society. But but yeah, that, that taught me very early on and that's where I come from and that made me a little bit how I am today. So obviously you attribute both your mom and your dad equally, right, for different reasons to help you get after this impact. But how did you know even at a young age that there was going to be more than just maybe what 
your parents imagined you would be doing or what your friends were doing. You took a totally different and unique path. You took a leap of faith. I did. And actually, I didn't know. I didn't know. I actually was on track to... So in India, if you've grown up in India, or even if you're in the culture of Indian society or Asian society even, you're always expected to be really good at education and studies, right? In classroom, basically, you either become a doctor, an engineer, or an accountant, or you're basically useless. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how, at least how, how I grew up, because my dad was a businessman as well, but not a very successful one, of course. That's why we were living in a small house with a lot of people. But at the same point in time, their philosophy was, well, the reason why you live in a small house is because you're not educated. My dad wasn't really educated as much as he would like to or wasn't able to pursue his career because of family issues. And so I was told to study hard and become an engineer. And for the greater part of my life, that's what I wanted to be because my only goal in life when I was young, under 18, was to get out of that house. Because I was like, this is, this is insane. I have no space for myself. Mm-hmm. There's never enough money. There's never enough resources. There's never silence. And I'm an introvert. So I need my space. I've always needed my space. And I never had that as a child. So the good things that happen out of it is that I can be in a really noisy place and still be <laughs> alone. Like I might not listen to anything. Even if you put blaring music next to me, I can write copy at the same time just because I was always in noise. But at the same point, that became my life purpose. My goal was that if one day I'm able to get my family and me out of this house, I'll find myself successful or find myself, my job for my life would be done. Fortunately, I was able to do that much, much sooner because it's already done now. But that was my goal when I would turn 40 or 50 and I got it done much earlier. So early on in life, I was not, I was not set up to be somebody who who would take the path of entrepreneurship. I was set up to be an engineer mostly. But what had happened was there was one teacher of mine who in passing, and probably she didn't know what she's doing. She just in passing would comment, hey, Ajit, if you choose to be, you could be a news anchor. This happened once I was speaking on stage and, and she said it in passing. And she kept saying it every time I would go on stage. And she was kind enough to mentor me to kind of kind of show me the path of saying, if you choose to be, So she had suggested News Anchor, but what I was really hearing is I can choose to be. Mm. And that got me to really question what I was doing. And I realized that as I was studying to become an engineer, that I would be a terrible engineer if I actually turned out to be, because I just absolutely, like, I was terrible at it. I was terrible at studying it. I was terrible at following up on it. And I was just terrible. I was not excited about it. So I was like, even if I get this degree, even if I do this job, I would be just really bad at this. And so... I wrote a letter to my father. And like I said, my father is a very kind human being. So he said, you know what, if that's what you want to do, you want, don't want to do, don't do it. But figure something out because I'm not wealthy. I can't take care of you. You'll have to take care of yourself. I can probably take care of you for a couple of years while you study. But after that, you're on your own. And that kind of was a nice way to say, hey, I'm holding you for now, but know that that soon you'll be all by yourself and you, you got to learn how to fly. And that was my first ever brave step, if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I said, you know what? I am the only one who can design my destiny and I, can, I need to be happy more than I need to be wealthy. Even if wealth was my highest value at that time in my life that I wanted to make money and that was my biggest thing. I needed to be happy much more than to be wealthy. And that was my first really brave step, I would think. At, I was like 18, 17, 18 years old at that time. And what a gift that teacher was for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The life that I get to live today, it's thanks to my teachers. Mm-hmm. These are all my 
mentors and my teachers and but teachers not only school teachers i mean teachers who showed up on life educators who do the work like people like you who put a podcast like this and and just share insights and knowledge and and stories because these are important these are the things that sometimes change perspective and challenge us to think about life a little bit differently and hopefully change the direction of many lives because of that. And my life changed and this is my give back, writing this book, creating a coach, creating my life teach. This is my give back to what coaches, trainers, educators have done for me. Yes. You know, you, you talked about the influence of this particular teacher and so many masters, I'm sure that you've learned from, from your mother, your father, from your siblings to some of the great masters and partners that you've worked with. But you also talked about how wealth was a driving force when you were younger, right? Because there wasn't a lot of abundance. But so being so young, but having done so much and made such a measured, beautiful impact on the world, how do you define wealth today? A few years earlier, as I was getting more and more wealthy and I ran Mind Valley for a couple of years for the people who don't know what Mind Valley is, is one of probably one of the most transformative companies that is out there that is in personal excellence. And I was running the company. I was basically I started as a company as an intern and in about six years I went from intern to being the CEO of the company. So I progressed really, really fast within the company. But that was also because when I joined the company, we were a fifteen person operation. In those six, seven years, Mind Valley just soared to a completely different level. And I was running the company during during some of those years and, and also helping the progress along the way. And as I was doing that, and as, as I was getting wealthy, because of course, during this time, as the company was growing, I was financially growing as well as was just, I was personally growing. I met a lot of my goals. Like, for example, the goal of saying I wanted to buy a house for my family. I did that. I did a lot of other goals that I'd set myself for to say, I must have this much in my bank account and all those financial goals, I must have this particular car, all of those things, these watches and so forth. I did the whole thing wow. only to realize that wealth was great, but it wasn't great when it took time for me. Mm. So when I didn't have freedom of time and as much as Mindwall is a beautiful company, it's an amazing, amazing brand. It's amazing. But sometimes when you're in the thing, sometimes it's hard to see it. Yes. So I was in the thing. I was making great career progress. I was on purpose, on purpose, not only in context of my purpose, but I was helping other people meet their purpose and their passions because I was facilitating a change organization like Mind Valley. But at the same point of time, I was just personally in a situation which wasn't very happy. My health was deteriorating. I was working 18-hour days. I was My relationship was in shambles and so forth. And things that, that sometimes you just don't realize are happening to you and you just don't realize it's because you're just responding and reacting to life. That kind of was happening for me at that time. And I had to reevaluate my life during that course. And I reevaluated it to say, what does success really mean for me? One of those things, one of the questions that I answered and that included wealth and success changed as a language for me, changed as a direction for me. And that's what live big also means different to me now than it would mean a few years ago. Because I found that as much as you can create wealth, and all of us can create a tremendous amount of wealth, but what we tend to lose in the process of creating wealth is we forget the definition of success or even forget to define what success means to us because we take on the definition of the world. What does world say success means? What does our friends say success mean? We forget to define our own definition and define my own definition. And the word that really stood out for me was freedom. Mm. Uh, is the ability to choose. If I can choose what I do with my time, that is success for me. That is wealth for me. If I can choose what I want to do, what I don't want to do, that's success for me. That's freedom for me. That's wealth for me. And that's where everything shifted in my life, where I said, 
I know I can create what I want to create. You know, like the first step of creating anything is to be able to go, what do you even want to create? It's like an artist. Mm -hmm. It will flow through you much easily if you kind of know what direction you're going, right? So once we know the direction we are going, we can create the reality around that. It's easier that way. And if you can consistently follow up, it will happen, right? And so for me, after that, my tides turned. I still increase my wealth every single day, but at the same point of time, I also have a lot more time freedom. I have a lot more freedom to be able to choose about my travels and other things that give me pleasure and joy, other things that contribute to the world. And so I get a lot more writing time, for example, which, which is what I really personally love to do. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff started to happen once I redefined what wealth means to me, what success means to me, what living big means to me today. I love that answer. There's a great quote that I, I live by, and it's it says that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. It's a Tony Robbins quote. I'm a big, big student of his, obviously of your guys too, from Mind Valley. Now I'm just obsessed with Evercoach and everything that you're up to, and I can't wait for Live Big. But you basically just got to it in a nutshell. It's like, okay, you could teach someone how to make money. You did it. You did it fast. Like that was what you were focused on. So that's what you created, right? And there was just, there were no blinders on. Like you just went for it. And then you were left with, is this all there is? Like there's got to be more. And a lot of that happens also after about a decade, right? Of living it and breathing it and, and grinding it out. But then there's like no free time to do all the things that you would want to do with that wealth and then redefining it. And so I love that because you just basically hit on a a massive key for mindset optimization, which is constantly reevaluating, like being super self-honest, right? And taking that inventory of like, am I depleted? Am I de-energized? Like, am I... Like, do I have nothing left to give? Like, what's the point of all of it if I'm not fulfilled and happy? And anyone who follows you in social media or sees what you're really after with your wife, first and foremost, and this baby on the way, actually by December, the baby will be born, right? Your baby boy? Absolutely. Yes. Or just been following you along your journey from starting as an intern at Mind Valley and then founding the spinoff Ever Coach of Mind Valley and now the books and all that you're up to. It's, it's very evident that you're living a life of freedom and by design more so now than ever. And so I yeah. salute you for that because that's what we need to see more of in the world, right? That's what the world needs more of. And we were chatting before I hit record and I just asked you out of curiosity, I'm like, how, how much do you work a week? And you're like, not more than about 16 hours. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> Right. And I know you're busy and you got things going on. There's always going to be more projects, but it's really cool that you have figured that out for yourself and that now you are helping others to do the same. It is also a lot more about saying, so I have a principle that's called, that's called the four by four principle. Again, it comes from the intention of saying, what do you want to create in life, right? If you want to create something, you will be able to find a system. Nobody else really talks about working less. Everybody talks about working less, but they don't really have a system around it. So this is where we came up. I came up with a system for myself. I was like, listen, if I really want to enjoy everything else in life, I love learning. But if you don't create space for it, it's not going to happen. You're going to react to learn. You are not going to proactively design your learning experience. You're not going to proactively design your business to create a life for you. You will always tie it to reacting to things instead of creating things. And so we ended up, I ended up creating four by four which is why I work only 16 hours a week because it's four hours, four hours a day for four days a week. And that's mm-hmm. basically based on actual psychological principles for people to be able to get done more in much, much, much less time. 
But we don't really think about that often. And that's where we get blocked. That's where we kind of go, oh, I have to work 18-hour days. Well, why are you working 18-hour days? The only person that should be working 18 hours a day maybe, maybe is the person that is starting up and has a job on the side. Mm-hmm. That's the person that works 18 hour days and that you do for two, two years. And if still your business is not flying off that you can quit your job, maybe you're in the wrong business. Right. You've got to evaluate that. Like you said, you constantly check in and see, is this the life that I would like to live rest of my life? If the answer is no, then you may want to consider and reconsider it. Yes. I love that. I, you know, of course people are familiar with uh, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, but you're right. There's not any sort of modern day structure around, well, what would that look like? And how could I get my strongest, most effective ROI? And I love this four by four structure that you're talking about, because if we really think about it, even if you're looking at a typical nine to five, that's probably more the hours than you're actually putting into the job, right? So then why not take those same amount of hours, even on the side or part-time in the evenings, to go after what you really want and imagine the return in a year, 18 months, two years down the road, if it's truly in alignment with your purpose. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Like I have a job, I, I host a segment on a primetime entertainment show called Extra And for a year, I work one hour a week. That was all of last year, 2017. I needed that. I had worked 12 hours a day for my entire life, basically. And so I was enjoying that. But by the end of the year, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm feeling low-level depression. I'm not really getting (laughs) after it. you know. And so then I was like, okay, how can I take that and really leverage what I really want to be doing? And what would happen if I didn't give a shit what people thought, right? And I just went for it and felt the fear, befriended it, and did it anyway. And that was how everything just started to accelerate like by 10x. And it's been effortless, but it's been very poignant in terms of the time that I put in. Like talking to you today, I have a four hour window when I do this. And then I like exercise, take care of the puppy, go to the bluffs, like meet a friend for a late meal. You know, it's like if I don't have spaciousness and my heart isn't aligned with my mind, I've got no shot at getting after my full potential in life. That is so beautiful and that's so powerful. And that's where you touched on something that I think is something that people miss when they think about, oh, you work four hours a day, four days a week or your schedule or four hour work week or whatever the schedule is. Nobody wants to sit around on the beach all day long and Mm -mm. just not do anything. If that's the case, you're probably not an entrepreneur. You're just trying to figure out how to take a long holiday. And that's Mm -hmm. all it is because eventually you'll either get depressed or unhappy just laying on the beach. Nobody likes it. Like if you like it, Check in on that if you really like it or you just like posting pictures of it and not really like what you do. Because sitting around not doing anything is not human nature. It's mm-hmm. just a game with us, right? And it's not, that's not efficiency. That's usually laziness. Yes. So my intention would be is to, is to, when I say four by four, that's because the rest of the life is designed. Like how you said your life is designed. It's like, all right, I have this four hour window. And after that, I do this and I do this. I, did, I fuel myself in many mm-hmm. different ways. Sometimes it looks like studying. Sometimes it looks like going to seminars. Sometimes it looks like meeting friends. But it's it's activity that fuels you instead of just saying, how much can I spend on my computer or how much can I spend on my phone looking at Instagram or something? Right. That's what ends up happening when you don't have a structure to your life, an intentional structure to your life that allows you to live big and allows you to, to, to live on purpose while actually having the purpose not defined only by your work, not being defined by... If your answer always is who you are, is your work alone, there is something that is to be seen and acquired and thought about because there is more life than work. And work is amazing. We are passionate, purposeful, purposeful human beings and hmm. we must 
create work that's beautiful. But my invitation has always been, there is more to work than just work on computer. There's right. work on you. There's work on life. There's work on relationships. All of that gets so ignored, especially by entrepreneurs and high-performing professionals as well. And that's why we see increased divorce rates. We see increased depression rates, increasing suicide rates. It's insane. There is no, no point basic. to it. Yeah. Increasing obesity, it's insane. People always trying to fill up because they're actually never taking the time to, you know, mark on their calendar, this is self-care, whatever that might be, right? This is like for me, a walk on the bluffs or going to the beach or on a hike with my puppy. You know, he's the little love of my life right now. Time with friends that fill me, right? Or just time in nature or reading a really good book, listening to a great podcast. Like there's just so much. I'm obsessed with learning. I'm obsessed with growing all of that, but we have to take that time out. And I feel like this kind of stuff everyone should be talking about because this is where people, a lot of people have it so wrong. They're like, oh really? I could use a year on the beach. You think you could because you're exhausted and depleted. But once you actually do that, you find that there's, there's really little fulfillment after about 10 days of it. If that, it's like, there's no purpose. <laughs> yeah. Right. Two point left. And if, if even 10 days, like you said, it might be day five and you'll be take, pulling your hair out saying, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I need to create something. But even that, right, Ajit, what a great gift that is. Because if you're feeling depleted or you think you need like this perma-vacation, then just take a look at your life and just be honest about it. What could you change right now, right? What could you edit out right now? There's friendships that are probably depleting. There's activities that are depleting, what you're feeding your mind, your body, all that stuff, habits, routines, rituals, that if you just begin to look at them, little tiny baby steps, making progress, swapping some things out and adding for another or a little bit of editing here and there, your life would start to feel like my life and I'm sure your life, which is Every day is a vacation. Every day it feels so good. Every day I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful. I get to do these things today. Instead of I have exactly. to do these things, there's not enough time. That is that is very, very true. And I would give one more invitation here is to think about everything in context of time. Mm. One thing that we tend to do, and this happens mostly because this is how we were educated all our lives, right? Every quarter there's a grading system. Every year there's a grading system. End of year is the new year resolution time. But life doesn't work that way. Life's not lived by a number of years. Life is lived moment to moment. Life is lived over 10 years, 50 years. Doesn't matter, right? I see this with entrepreneurs all the time. All right, this year's goal and I must get to this year's goal. Guess what happens the moment you think about this year's goal? You get tremendous amount of anxiety. You start yes. to react to things instead of create things. What if life was more like a dance? And this actually is from Alan Watts. I don't know if you know of his work, but Alan Watts, and I'm, I'm not trying to quote him exactly because I don't know his quote per se, but I'm paraphrasing what he says. He said something to the line of, life is not like a journey. It, it does not have a destination. It's more like a dance, which means when the music stops, it's boring. It's end. So you don't want to get to a destination. There is no destination. Hmm. Life is dance. Just keep playing and see it that way. And that allows you to put some of the goals that may be creating anxiety for you right now, just push them away a little bit. Who cares? Who, how do we even come up with goals? It's our mind. It's what we see on the outside. I want to have X thousand followers. I want to make this much money. I want to do this. Why is that a goal? Because you hmm. saw a headline somewhere. Because it sounded good. It doesn't mean that's what you really want. You've never really done the internal dialogue. That's what most people haven't really gone in and said, why do I want this? What do I want and why do I want this? Mm. Right? It, we don't sit down and think about that. And because we don't sit down and think about that, we take whatever is the best idea somebody else has given us, 
based on our Facebook feed or Instagram feed or whatever is the thing that you spend your time on Snapchat, if that has a feed, I don't even know how it works. But, <laughs> but the point really is that you, you t- it's basically if you don't define it, somebody else defines it for you. Right. right, and you don't even know there's somebody else, but you just unconsciously and subconsciously start to believe. Well, that's that's my goal. Why is that a goal? I have no idea. The moment you ask, okay, you want to make a million dollars this year? Why? The person go, oh well, because I can get the house. Or oh, which house do you want? I don't know. Right? You just ask a little bit of questions, and they're like, I don't even know why I'm chasing this goal, but mm-hmm. I have this frantic nature of chasing this goal every single day. Well, don't chase a goal that you don't truly, truly, truly want. Because it'll only create anxiety. And what will happen is closer you get to that goal, trust me, you're going to make your life even more miserable because you will put another goal that you don't really want. And at the end of life, that's why a lot of times people end up at destinations they never chose for themselves. Mm. Somebody else chose it for them. And so they're chasing all their life. And at the end of the life, they're like, only if I could spend some more time with my family. Ah, So what's their goal really instead of chasing Mm. somebody else's goal? Well, it's so funny. It actually brings it full circle to my new idea and definition of purpose, which is we go for these goals, these outcomes, these results, because it's attached to a particular emotion, right? That we think it's going to give us. So the house represents X, Y, Z, right? For any person, it's different. For you to make the millions of dollars or whatever the financial goals were, it was to give you freedom. And that didn't give you freedom because now you were a slave to the schedule that was required to make that kind of wealth. Um, Not to say that you can't create wealth in different ways, but you be able to, you, you started to reframe it, but it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, you started to live more from working from the inside out, reverse it, right? How do I get that emotion that's attached to that outcome, live it now, and then I just get surprised by the journey and the dance and the dance partners and whatever the music's tempo is, and just enjoy it more so that I can actually be feeling a sense of freedom now, and, and then anything else that happens is just a bonus. Absolutely. And I, I would love to pick up on one of the words that you that you used. Most people, and that was me as well, is we look at success and we go, this is what success looks like, mm-hmm. right? But when we look at success, what are we looking at? We are looking at a three-minute version of somebody's 24-hour life. You mm-hmm. know how we have, all right, this is the perfect person. They have this page, they have this video, and it looks like the perfect life. And I want to chase that life. That's what success looks like. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's happening inside. Mm-hmm. You just know they're outside, right? And from their outside, you start to go, this is what success should look like for me too. So the house, the car, the money, whatever that is, right? But we never ask ourselves a question, what would it feel like to ourselves? Mm-hmm. What would success feel like, mm-hmm. right? Not to know it will look like, what will it feel like? Because that's the inside we are talking about. We can never know somebody else's inside. We can claim to know it. We can guess it. But we won't know it till the time we are in their life embodied like right next to them all the time. That's when we know what it feels like because you are in their shoes kind of in some way. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you only know how it looks like because that's how it looks like. And from the outside, that's all you can see. From the inside is how you know how it feels. The question you want to ask yourself is how does success feel like to me? That's the question that I asked is Mm -hmm. how does this successful feel like to me? What would it look like if it looked like in my reality, not how the world tells me to live it, how I want to live it. I will always have a new paradigm for myself because that's what you got to do. Yeah. You always need to have a purpose that pushes you forward. That's like the drive that you need to have 
But at the same point of time, it's like the dance music that's going to change if life was a dance, right? And you want that. You want the change. You want the challenge. But at the same point of time, you don't want to discount or you don't want to just accept somebody else's outside to hope that their inside will look exactly how your inside is going to look like. So yes, the idea is to ask the question, how to, how to think about our success inside out instead of outside in. Instead I of looking that. at outside and make it our inside, make your inside, your outside, and you will find all the success. And I know I might sound like a broken record here, but money, fame, relationships, you can have it all. You absolutely can have it all. You just have to design it that way so you can have it on your own terms. Because mm-hmm. when it's on else's terms it doesn't work Mm. that is when you don't have it all you have it all when it's on your terms and you define what it will look like and feel like yes and not comparing ourselves to others right like we all have our unique gifts we all have our unique gifts and comparison is it's so hurtful in today's Mm. times because like you said somebody might look at your feed somewhere or might look at somebody else's feed like Facebook feed or Instagram feed but you don't really know what they're going through you don't really know and I've been so fortunate to invest and spend so much time with so many people that are celebrities to the outside world and I see them as well I, I've been a consultant to them coach to them I've, I've produced their products and so forth and I've looked at their lives and I'm like no there's no their outside is never always equal Mm. to their inside. They are suffering from the same comparison syndrome because there's always somebody to compare to. Mm -hmm. You can get to anywhere you want and you'll end up comparing yourself to somebody. And every single time you do that, you take away from your craft, you take away from your value, you take away from your clients, you take away from people that are giving you faith to give them the direction. So comparison definitely is one of the big killers right now because of social media, because we look at everybody else's life and we go, oh, maybe I can have that. But instead of that, what if we define what do I want and just chase that? And that would be a great chase to have because we'll be happy every second trying to get to where we want to get to instead of chasing someone and going to that destination. Think about it like this. It's almost like this. Let's say there was a map and there was a path and you really wanted to go to Austin, but Los Angeles looked really good. So somebody else was saying, oh, Los Angeles is great, but you really in your heart knew Austin is going to be right for you. And you start going on the path of Los Angeles and you start driving there, driving there one day reaching Los Angeles and hating the weather. Mm. That's like comparing yourself to somebody Mm. because you end up going to a destination that is not yours. You don't give a damn about it. And you go there and often you're like, is that it? Is that what I was chasing all this while? Is that really what's important to me? That's like comparing yourself to something else. It's Austin's Austin and Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Some people like LA, some people like Austin. Both of them are great cities in their own regard. Choose your own experience, right? And, that's where we don't want to compare. One of the first things, this was when I was much, not much, a few years ago, I would say, is when I used to compare a lot. Much a lot. younger. <laughs> uh, yeah, younger than now. <laughs> but I used to compare a lot. And I was thinking about it and I was just stressed about it in a way because I was like, why do I keep chasing these people? What is wrong with me? Right? So I used to think there was something wrong with me. Right? I was like, why do I keep chasing these people? I don't understand. And so one day I was just sitting down and I I realized, hey, every single time I compare myself to somebody, I just admit to myself that I lost. Mm -hmm. Because think about it like this. When we compare, it's like like they are ahead of me and I'm comparing, right? When they're ahead of me, means I lost the battle somehow. It's not even a fight we were fighting, but somehow I lost this battle because I am always a chaser that way instead of a creator. 
And that shifted the reality for me. I'm like, every single time now I think about somebody else and if, it, if that thought, and again, this is one thing, we are all human beings, thoughts come to our head. Nobody, at least in my opinion, I don't think I've seen anybody who has said, oh, I don't get any negative thoughts anymore. Everybody gets it to some degree. It's about how quickly you can get past it, mm-hmm. right? If it happens ever, I go, oh, okay, okay, this is happening. I am trying to tell myself that I am not good enough. I am not smart enough on basis on somebody else's outside. So it's not even that it's true for them. It's not even it's true for them because they might be having the same dialogue, right? But I am kind of accepting a defeat to my own reality by comparing myself to somebody else. So that reframe helped me a lot to be able to go, hey, listen, first of all, if anything at all I should compare to, should be what do I wanted to create for myself. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the only comparison that I want. Everybody else, Okay, good on them. Let's celebrate it. Let's go party with them if they choose to have a party with us. If not, then great. Still, like we will just we'll just have our own tussle. My me against myself ten years from now, and that's what I want to really chase. That's the only thing that's exciting for me today. Instead of thinking about what everybody else is doing, because it doesn't really fulfill anything. And you bring it such a good point. It's like guaranteed they're comparing themselves against someone else or maybe who they once were or who they should be. It reminds me of listening to Barbara Streisand on another podcast. Barbara Streisand, she was early 70s at this point. So well decorated, right? With every award you can imagine. And she had told the host of this podcast that she feels like she had actually failed in life because she hadn't made it as an actress, hadn't really made it. And I remember like almost having to pull my car over on the side of PCH as I was driving. I'm like, Barbara Streisand feels like a failure because she didn't make it as an actress. What would that look like? Because she was comparing herself against probably someone who'd won three Academy Awards or whatever. So or it's just, it's amazing. Like an Olympian athlete didn't win the gold, but they won the silver, but so they're not good enough because they're comparing or they won the gold, but they didn't get the best time. I mean, it's just, it's insanity. And so I yeah. love what you're saying because we have to be freaking liberated against comparing ourselves against others. It's the absolute thief of any kind of joy, much less fulfillment. Absolutely. If you want to compare and the comparison sometimes can be a driver, but use that comparison effectively. Use your comparison to compare to yourself and go, hey, how far have I come? Because that's one comparison we don't do, which we should absolutely be doing. Me 10 years ago to me today, completely Mm. different human. puts me immediately in a place of gratitude and gratefulness because Mm. I'm like, damn, I have come a long way in 10 years, right? (laughs) Now, you really want to compare on the future self, then compare yourself 10 years from now, not six months, mm-hmm. not where your expectation of yourself today is, but where will you be in 10 years? That reality, that switch of saying, where was I 10 years and how far I could travel in 10 years? Like if you really see my photos 10 years ago, or even speak to me, my younger self 10 years ago, different human being mm-hmm. to what I am today, how much more I can go in the next 10 years mm-hmm. is incredible. So instead of being sad about it or feeling like I'm, I'm comparing and not good enough, I'm thinking about the opportunity that lies ahead in the next 10 years. Oh my God, what I can create for myself, for the human beings around me, for the world at large. Because if that's what I could do in the last 10, think about how next 10 are going to look like. And that makes it more exciting versus going, oh, I'm not good enough. Instead of that, you're excited, you're pumped because you're all of a sudden going, yes, I can do a lot more in the next 10 years. But that's what we need to do about comparison. Comparison is not going to go, but let's change the dialogue. If we can change the dialogue, we can create a new reality. 
Yes. Well, and I love that because your internal dialogue is is fueled by your motto in life, right? It's to serve and to love. So no matter what you're doing, you know that it's it's for others. It's not even about yourself. So while you're comparing yourself against yourself, it's really allowing yourself to be called to really allow the driver to be your motto. And so no matter what you're doing, you know that it's all good. And that there's just an abundance mindset and a service mindset that's so evident in watching your life unfold. And yes, at 34 years old, each year is like a dog year. It compounds and it just gets exponentially better. It's so cool getting older and wiser. I just love it. Okay. But I want to go back to your co-founder of Mind Valley Teach. And you've worked your way up from a few people in a living room, you know, as intern to that position. But how do you spin off to ever coach? And then I want to bring us to, to live big. So what's the mindset that's going on with you? You're like, I've got to do ever coaching. Here's why. So here is how I have been. So it will give you the reason where Evercoach comes in, right? So I already told you early part of my life or even now today, the reason why one of the big attributes that I give to the kind of life that I live today is my mentors, my teachers, people who have shown up in different parts of my life and coached me or taught me or just mentored me sometimes because they were not really coaches. So they would just mentor. And any of those, these are the people that I'm eternally grateful to Mm -hmm. because these are the individuals that have, and are continuing to show up and showing me different ways and possibilities with life. Right. So as I was going through my journey, of course, I was running Mind Valley and I was, I did all the roles possible in the company before I became the CEO of the company. And in the process, I would meet so many educators. It was insane. Like I would meet educators on a daily basis. They were teachers of different types and coaches of different types. And I, I realized that as much as they have tremendous amount of impact in the world, they tend to suffer themselves tremendously in context of being able to run businesses because that's an education that is not really truly provided. And there's a lot of bullshit that's out there in the world as well around that. Then to be able to really enhance their skills, like they were great at what they did, but they never really go out and say, hey, what can I learn more? And that creates a stagnancy in their life or their personal emotions create a stagnancy in their life. And so I was like, hey, can I do something to help them? And this is when I was running the company and I told you I had my own journey of saying I've created a tremendous amount of wealth, but what do I do with my life? Because everything else was falling apart, right? So I had to go on a journey of my own and to be able to really rediscover what I wanted to do at the next phase of my life, uh, which aligned me to my values, uh, serve love, which aligned me to my now wife, Nita, mm. who was my girlfriend at that time, and, and also got me to create Evercoach which was mostly created to support coaches, preachers, educators, to be able to build great businesses, great methodologies while maintaining their own personal selves and to be able to live big in a way. And Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of where Evercoach was founded. Now, in this journey, I had actually co-founded many of the companies in the process, which I've either now sold or I have merged into other companies and so forth. So now I mostly focus on Evercoach and Mindlight Teach came out of Evercoach because Mm -hmm. we found success on the coaching space because that was my focus area when we started Evercoach is that we said all right coaches are getting a lot of help now through Evercoach there are thousands of coaches that are on our platform and we're probably one of the most profound brands that is out there for coaching and we create really powerful trainings around that but we said but there is a whole section a whole community of educators these are people who may not do one-on-one coaching they may not be doing the corporations and coaching people but they are doing life coaching or they're doing trainings around life and energy healing and and business and so on and so forth different areas whatever 
they are. And so we said there needs to be a vertical that takes care of those people as well because their their training is slightly different. In coaching, it's a lot more about one-on-one or one-to-group interaction and masterminds, whereas teaching is a lot about stage presence. Teaching is a lot about being able to teach in a group setting, not necessarily coach, but actually teach in a group setting. It's a lot to do with understanding human psychology and how learning patterns are established and so forth. Right, all those different dimensions are there. And so that's where we said we need to create another brand called Mind Valley Teach. So mm-hmm. that these are partnerships that were formed of very specific areas of where we wanted to help, where I personally wanted to help. And then we created companies that were supporting that one particular mission, that one particular purpose. So every coach mm-hmm. mostly focuses on coaches. Mind Valley Teach focuses on trainers and educators and and people who are speakers and authors, if I may. Uh, these are all the tangents that we are focusing on Mind Valley Teach. And that's where these companies came in from the point of me trying to say, hey, I want to be able to support all these individuals because I did build a company like Mind Valley, right? So it was more like, okay, if I can build one. And then I've, there were a lot of friends that I was helping at that time, just like casually. Mm-hmm. And they were very successful in their businesses and their product quality is improved and so forth. And so we said, what if we could just take it to a mass market? Because Mind Valley's vision is to impact a billion lives. We are not doing it by ourselves. It's not going to happen. That's not the point anyways. The point is really to be able to impact a billion lives positively. So why not collaborate with people who have the same mission, right? And so Evercoach and Mind Valley Teach kind of became the focus there. Beautiful. And so Evercoach is obviously thriving. Mind Valley Teach is thriving. And then from there, you get inspired to write books. You've got your first book out. Book of Coaching. Yes, Book of Coaching. Hi. But Live Big is your next baby. And that is, like I said, it's going to hit shelves tomorrow. What do you need us to know about Live Big and how this is going to make a difference in our lives? So, One of the key things that I've realized about entrepreneurs and high-performing professionals is that they're outrageously smart individuals, and they are also really hardworking. They're really dedicated. The challenge that happens with hardworking, outrageously smart people is that when they get focused, they get hyper-focused. And when they get defocused, they get really defocused, right? And all they need in those times of focus or not focus, all they need in the times of when they are challenged with realities in their life or they're challenged with growth potentials, not being able to get the growth that they want, is all they really need at that time is perspective Mm. and insight. And something that will shift the way they think about those things. And they will figure out the one, two, three steps of it. Like, I don't think entrepreneurs find it hard to figure out their steps. For that matter, all successful entrepreneurs usually have their own strategies. Like, they might learn from a lot of strategies, but they come up with their own unique set of capabilities to be able to really get to the point they want to get to. What they really need at any time is perspective. Somebody to be able to tell the right thing at the right time. So I wrote Live Big from that perspective myself, is to be able to say, hey, listen, I know everybody who's an entrepreneur who will read this book is already smart. I don't need to tell them that they're smart. I don't need to give them one, two, three steps. What I need to give them is insight that is powerful enough to shift their reality and create a new reality for themselves. It's like the ideas that we talked about previously on this conversation, where if you can look at your life as more from creation versus reaction, Mm -hmm. if you can at your work schedule as a four by four. If you could look to theories around that and principles around that and and insights around that and much more than that around team, around structures, around systems, around how to really think about business, how to really think about products, how to really think about performance per se, how to think about time, all of these things, how to really think about them 
so we can shift our reality and have a different perspective to the same idea that you might think about another way. It's almost like 25 different mindsets that are put together in Livvig. It's almost like in synchronous to, to, the, to the podcast mindset mashup, it is kind of like saying, hey, these are the 25 different ideas that you want to think about that will change the perspective of how you approach life. And that's what Livvig is about, is perspective and insights that will shift the way you think about things and to be able to support individuals that would still want more strategies, we have a bonus program that you get. So as you get the book, there's a, a secret link that you go to and you can get a whole program that gives you exact strategies if you're looking for a strategy. Because sometimes we need that extra strategy just to make it more real, like the perspective, let's say if it shifts, sometimes you're like, okay, how do I really see it in reality? So I put together case studies and, and videos and trainings on some of the systems that we have built for anybody to be able to access and bring it to their lives. That's a part of just, if you purchase the book, you get the link. Yeah, you get a link wow. inside the book. Yeah, That's, a, that's yeah. called an irresistible offer, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that is an insane value. I love the title, the full title, Live Big, A Guide to Passion, Practicality, and Purpose. Now, what if you're not an entrepreneur? Will these shifts, these 25 different shifts for mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, I mean, you cover the whole gamut, right? I mean, I love that you mentioned like tribe, like who we're spending our time around is so key for any of this to be able to actually become an outcome that we desire. And I love that you're hitting on that. But what if we're not an entrepreneur? Is this book still apply? It does apply. The reason why it says for entrepreneurs is because that's usually my audience and the people that I mostly yes. speak with. There's my friend, Vishen Lakhiani, who's also the founder of Mind Valley. Me and him were talking about one of, one of the authors one time, and we were just discussing how sometimes we categorize who should read that book. Mm. But really, if anybody reads that book, it would be transformative and profound for mm. everyone. And that's where, yes, we have to sometimes categorize that this book is for entrepreneurs in a way. But really, the principles that you will read in this book is valid for everyone. If you are somebody who wants to be a high performer or already are a high performer and a challenge for time, it will change your reality. If you're a leader in an organization, it will change your reality. If you're challenged at home, it will change your reality. If you want to be more abundant, it will change your reality. It is written for everyone. It is because we want to talk to a smaller segment of audiences why we wrote Entrepreneur's Guide. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, this actually is valid for everyone. These mind shifts our life shifts. These are ideas that will help you live big. And that is for everyone. It's not limited to entrepreneurs or anything in particular. It is for everyone who wants to live big. Yes. And that's what I love about it because there isn't a person that I know, whether they be an A-list celebrity, an entrepreneur, startup to seasoned, a stay-at-home mom who's the CEO of her household, where she's not looking to optimize one of those areas or like a dozen <laughs> right now. And so what I love about this is that, I mean, guys, this is coming from the master. I mean, you have such a wealth of expertise talking to such a wide, diversified range of people from all around the world and getting their perspectives right from the outside in, from the creation versus reaction, just to kind of bring it all full circle to this conversation, but really ties into live big, that there's just so much value for virtually every single person. So this is the ultimate stocking stuffer for a holiday gift. This is a great gift to give a friend, a loved one, a family member. Gosh, if you're leading an organization, I mean, it's the ultimate send-off for holiday vacation. It's a great gift, but it's a way to say, listen, I got you. Like, I hear you. I know where your chokeholds are. I know where your pain points are. And this book right here is going to help you navigate so that you have more grace, more freedom, more ease in your life. And by the way, make more money. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you for that. That's that's actually very, very true. This is what the book is about. Oh, well, listen, I mean, I was able to be in touch with you because you led a coaching program that was called the Coaches Collective. And I know you have another one coming up and I'm definitely going to be a part of whatever you're up to next because I just, I admire and respect you so much, Ajit. And I'm just honored that you're here. But one of the participants in one of my masterminds, Steve Shannon, he's an up and coming coach. And he was at one of your programs recently, the Coaches Collective. That's how we got connected. But yeah, he had just, you know, he just, just goes on and on and on about the value that you've been adding to his life and to so many. And that when you're actually in a room with you, this is what he was saying to me, that it is what you will hope it will be. Now you were talking earlier about the transparency of here you get around these sort of successful people in whatever realm they're in. And then you see the interior of their life and like, dang, they're not happy. They are, they need to be living more of what they preach, but you can have compassion and empathy for that, right? It's like, they just don't know better. They don't have the tools of something like what Live Big would offer them. But what Steve was saying was the ultimate compliment was, is that you're actually more than he could have hoped for in person. It's like the care, oh, the man. motto was realized in real time. And, and you're such a powerful magnet in that way, because I think you're drawing the right people, the right people for the right reasons. I actually want to ask you a question if you don't mind, because he said, would you please ask him this one question I didn't get a chance to ask? So this is for you, Steve. He says he wants to know what or who drives you every day to impact so many people in the world. You just seem to have this insatiable appetite. And he just wants to know, like, what is that? We may have answered it here, but this is for him specifically. So what drives me every day is my values. And that's what I talked about was one of the key turning points that have definitely changed the way I operate in life. I had always put abundance first, like I already mentioned previously, right? And so I created a lot of it. But then when I shifted gears, when I started to question, hey, what are my values really? What's honest to me was service and love. And some of the values that I wear like on my sleeve kind of in a way is serve love every day. And that's literally my motto for a daily basis in my life every day. And if I don't feel something is of service and if it's not coming from a place of love, I wouldn't do it. I would, I would stop myself in the trenches and say, hey, is this, am I operating right now in a place of service? Am I operating from love? If not, then there's no point in doing it. Let's not do it. Let's not be untrue to our values. And let's try to see as much as many moments of our lives we can live in our values because that gives me truest joy. It gives me fulfillment. And I know that this is good for the world because if I operate from love, I wouldn't be able to create something that's that's not good for the world. It's just not possible to be in a place of service and love and to be able to do wrong. Like it's just just not possible to do that, right? And same is for, for myself, I feel fulfilled. So it's kind of like a win-win situation for everyone. So I get to live in a place of service and love and I get to experience service and love on a daily basis. And that's really is my driver. And, and like I said, I believe life's a dance and I treat every day, every moment as the next step to the dance. And if the dance is going a little bad, I love that too, because that's a challenge that's coming up in life and I like to solve it. And and that's really what it is for me. So, so I just like to live in the place of service and love. And that is my driver on a daily basis. Beautiful. Is that what your mind tint bracelet says? Serve and love? Yeah, it says serve and love. So you guys can't you. see, but I noticed right away that he was wearing a bracelet. Chris Pan, who's the founder of my intent, is a very dear friend of mine. And so when I saw that, which I see on so many, I just, I'm just obsessed with what's your word, you know, because it just opens up a conversation that's so much deeper than the, the typical surface conversations that I'm sure you're not in regularly and neither am I, but 
that's what Chris's mission is all about, right? It's like to deepen mm-hmm. the conversations and humanity. And so serve and love being on your wrist, how beautiful that that's your driving force. And you're actually getting to serve your motto every time you serve in love. So it's just this upward, beautiful, circuitous spiral, you know? Beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I've gotten so much out of this and I want to honor the fact that we have just a couple more minutes, but I always end um, this conversation with reminding, you know, my listeners where they are tuning in. And ultimately it's like, when we get up underneath mindsets from beautiful minds and hearts like yours, a G, it's really just to help them get an instant tangible takeaway. It's like, okay, great. First of all, I know I'm going to buy that book. But second of all, like, yeah, what if I started to structure my life by the four by four? What if I started to look at like what feels me or what doesn't? But it's all for one purpose, which is to help them have a better sense of fulfillment. I mean, that for me, if everybody could just feel like one little ounce of the fulfillment and gratitude that I have every day, my life would be made. How do you define fulfillment? For me, fulfillment is is to be able to, again, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but, but to be able to live in a place of service and love and to be living in a place of creation. I enjoy everything that I do. And if I don't enjoy it, I'd rather not do it. I love living in a place of joy and happiness and and other emotions too, but mostly in a place of joy and happiness. And mm-hmm. that's really what fulfillment to me is. What I really get excited about and what I'm driven to do is to move the line is how I say it. And by moving the line, it simply means that anything that I feel like there is a challenge in the world about anything per se, if I could move that line a little bit, if I could like challenge it a little bit and kind of add a little little argument to it that mm. it can move it a little bit. Like for example, this podcast, this mm. conversation that we had, if I could move the line a little bit for mm. an entrepreneur or a professional that wants to live big, wants to have a more fulfilled life, if I could move just a little bit, I'm super happy. That's what I want to do. That's what makes me fulfilled. That's what fills me up every, every, every time that happens. And just not only in conversations that are related to entrepreneurs, but when it comes to religion or life or anything that is that I feel like it could be a question or a conversation to have, I love to just present an argument and be able to say, maybe we, we can make this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can discriminate a little less. We could maybe give opportunities a little bit more and we could not have a bias towards, you know, social challenges that we have. And maybe we could have not have a bias towards different things that, that hamper our society off and be it, be it empowerment to women or be it any kind of discrimination that might be happening or be it entrepreneurship which is the yeah. conversation that I am having right now is whatever that moves the line a little bit more is what my intention to the world is, is to be able to say, hey, I, I moved the line a little bit more. I, I don't know if I can create massive change, but I do know I can move the line. And that's what I'm really trying to do. Beautiful. Is there a way in which you can measure that? Not as of now, no. It's I don't a have sense. a way to measure it. It's a it feeling, except, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know it. We all know it's a sixth sense. Well, it's the way you show up, right? And yeah. it's that I, I like I said, it's not a massive change. I'm not saying that. Oh, I but it a, is. But it is. Let's be clear. <laughs> you move yeah, the I'm, line in my heart today. You move the line in my listeners' hearts and minds, no doubt about it. And you're moving the line every single day by just living by your motto, by by having a desire and an, an awareness of what the line would even be. I cannot thank you enough. I want everyone to go out and get live big. It'll obviously be on all the platforms, but Amazon. Where can we find you if we want to follow you? and see what you're up to at a glance. So just go to livebigthebook.com and it'll redirect you to a website that'll allow you to be able to order the book through many platforms, not just Amazon. You can order on Barnes & Noble. So whatever that is that you want, you can bulk order and so forth. 
the website will also have ways to connect with me. Also, when you get the book and you get into the membership area that I talked about, you'll have direct access to me there. So that's that's always there. So you can always connect there. And what's so beautiful about you is it just like my friend Steve said, is that you really will feel like you got access. You know, it's like you're not like far removed, even though you could be theoretically. I think your secret sauce and your difference in the world is that you are available and accessible and you are truly living your purpose. And I can't thank you enough for your time and for all that you give to us. And I can't wait for the book to come out. <laughs> True. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm very excited to, for your podcast. And I'll be looking forward to this and many other episodes. You are a wonderful, beautiful soul. Oh, likewise. Take care. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at the Mindset Mashup. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.